and to embrace moderation, but that is only because every moment is such a moment. He termed this meme one of the very safest in all of punditry, which, as the old song goes, is really saying something. And yet Republicans, Kinsley noted, received the equivalent of a free ideological pass, despite the fact that their leadership was, at the time, committed to an agenda so politically extreme that it was preparing to drive the nation off several cliffs simultaneously. Not surprisingly, his prediction proved prescient, and the warnings to liberals and Democrats came fast and furious throughout the election season. Typical was ABC's Cokie Roberts' announcement as if on cue that, yes, it's a unified party, but it is a party of the left. Most members of the mainstream media reinforce this notion of liberal as leper. This is basically not a liberal country, said John F. Harris, then political editor of the Washington Post, and now an editor of the influential tip sheet, The Politico, in May 2005. It's a conservative country. During the 2006 election season, the same leading lights of the punditocracy rehearsed their talking points with nary a comma replaced. When political neophyte Ned Lamont defeated three-term Senator Joe Lieberman in Connecticut's Democratic primary with the help of liberal activists and the energetic participation of the liberal blogosphere, Roberts complained that Lieberman's defeat would lead to chaos. She got no argument from her ABC News colleague George F. Will, who added, so if the blogosphere and moveon.org dragged the party to the left, it will be a disaster. Pundit Dean David Broder bemoaned that the terrible tug of a Lamont victory would undoubtedly presage decisive defeats for the party in November. Slate's Jacob Weisberg complained that the 2006 Connecticut primary points to the growing influence within the party of leftists unmoved by the fight against global jihad. New Republic editor Martin Peretz denounced the thought enforcers of the left in the Wall Street Journal. In the same pages, Lieberman's friend Lanny S. Davis professed to detect a kind of liberal McCarthyism, while over at the Times, neocon David Brooks lashed out at the party's liberal inquisition. This was polite compared to cable news, however. CNN headline news anchor John Roberts went so far as to label Lamont the Al-Qaeda candidate before being forced to apologize. Fox News anchor John Gibson did him one better, unapologetically announcing, the Khmer Rouge wing of the Democratic Party is making a bid for a complete takeover. It is worth recalling that these hysterics were directed at a businessman-turned-candidate who campaigned as a mere garden-variety liberal, whose views on Iraq and the Bush administration were shared, according to every poll published during the period, by over 60% of Americans. Lamont ultimately lost, but the Democrats' sweep of the House and Senate demonstrated how misguided were the pundits' predictions of doom over the presence of a liberal replacement for Lieberman for the National Party. Meanwhile, many of these same journalists and pundits viewed the election as yet another opportunity to dust off some of the same hoary clichés. On the occasion of his party's smashing and surprising victory, party chair Howard Dean was immediately confronted by a suspicious Chris Wallace on Fox, who posited, You've got to show that you're up to governing, and frankly governing from the center, not from the left. Liberals aim to push ideas through Congress, ran an MSNBC.com headline over an Associated Press story that quoted leaders of various liberal organizations saying exactly the opposite. While Newsweek's famed Conventional Wisdom Watch warned Americans to be on guard against what it called Nancy Pelosi's dopey liberalism. 
These views, one can't help but notice, proved to be in complete contrast to those voiced when the Republicans took over Congress in 1994. Back then, a front-page analysis in the New York Times made the unremarkable and then largely unchallenged assertion that the country has unmistakably moved to the right. And yet if one examines the numbers of voters who switched from one party to the other, the shift to the Democrats in 2006 was actually far larger, both in real numbers and as a percentage of those voting, than that to the Republicans 12 years earlier. But when it comes to liberal victories in American politics, there's always some other explanation available. It may be shocking to some to discover that for much of the past century, the term liberal suggested, in the words of historian John Lucas, generosity, nay, magnanimity, not only breadth of a mind, but strength of soul. A liberal was someone free...